Okay, let's hear it. Defenders of the universe, it's Darren Maskell and a guest. Defenders of the universe, who knows what they're going to defend next. It's like 12 seconds. We can, okay. We can always do, if you want to do any more small talk, we can do it on the on the pod. I'm happy to do. <laughs> okay. happy. That's all right. <laughs> um, uh, let's start, start off with... Um, your first choice, uh, peanut butter on everything. Um, so I'm guessing you like peanut butter on a lot of things and you receive quite a lot of resistance from people. Yeah, um, I think that's fair to say. So I, I think it's, I think if it, it does, it, it does work on most things. Yeah. I'm trying to think of things that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be improved by a little bit of peanut butter. It's the sort of thing as well that, you know, they've started doing these adverts for like um, uh, Sainsbury's that will show you like you know, Darren's special spag ball recipe. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That kind of thing. The, the secret ingredient is often a, a thing like whacking a load of peanut butter or whacking a load of bran flakes or something like that or, or a spoon of instant coffee. Yeah. And it's just because these are nice flavours. <laughs> These are the top three flavors: brand flakes, coffee, and peanut butter. Okay. So, um, so what what um, things have you seen people quite resistant that you quite enjoy having peanut butter on? Well, I think it's combining it with harsher flavors, like peanut butter and jalapeno. All right, it's amazing. Yeah. Like peanut butter and jalapeno, peanut butter. I think it's just. Sometimes when you're making a sandwich, you know, and you think I've got, I've got to put a little bit more into this, you know, this is one of my three meals in, in the day and a sandwich. So it put a bit of effort in. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I think some of them, are, you know, I love, I love a peanut butter sandwich, but if you, if you get, maybe I'll throw in like a gherkin or mm. something like that, or a jalapeno to give it a bit of extra, like they're two quite, distinct but i would say complementary flavors i think mm. hot and peanut butter and and heat i've got a lot of time for i okay. i the the work i think the the the, the first time i because i didn't really really notice this was a weird thing to do but um i was chatting to my friend alaric about what i'd had for lunch I'm not entirely sure why but um we were talking about what we'd had for lunch that day and i said i had heinz tomorrow uh, sorry heinz mushroom soup the cream of mushroom soup, which is my favorite of all the Heinz soups. Um, then I'd had peanut butter on toast. And then in the soup, I put chili flakes. Okay. And he was like, that's just three flavors that shouldn't go together. Mm. But I think when you're at home, you you know, when you're like, if someone served me that in a restaurant, mm. there'd be problems. Okay. But when you're at home, you know, you know what I mean. Like the yeah. things you will, the things you'll tolerate. Yeah. When you know, when you've made it. So, do you think it's a bit of um, snobberish on people's part? Um, hmm. Because peanut butter, I think um, the imagery you get straight away is a child's breakfast. I think, and because yeah, peanut because <laughs> peanut butter. Um, is is <laughs> the, so the adver advertisement you think of some pat and that's targeted towards kids and so yeah yeah 
it's it's not really been targeted. Well, I, I well, suppose um, uh, what's that one? Whole whole worlds or whole foods? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the organic that's, one. That's, that's very much the grown up peanut butter. Yeah, come on, guys, let's put your sun pat life behind you. <laughs> yeah. Eat eat peanut butter that is really coarse. Yeah, it's really eat peanut coarse, butter that it? just tastes like a load of chewed peanuts. <laughs> like someone's chewed a load of peanuts, spat it back into the tub. That's what you're eating. Um, I don't mind that actually. I like a, I like a bit of uh, a bit of crunch to it. But I'll tell you who else it's been it's been targeted to, and I'll tell you where I buy my peanut butter from. Yeah. I buy my peanut butter from dolphinfitness.com because <laughs> we eat so much so much peanut butter in our house that I have to buy industrial tubs like tubs that are, yeah. we buy we buy in a kilo tub of yeah. peanut butter, kilo tub of almond butter, rinse through that in a couple of weeks. Um, oh we, get, we, we really get through it it's, it started during lockdown it started in lockdown when we couldn't shop as often as we'd like to <laughs> yeah. and uh you'd buy a tub of peanut butter in your big shop and it would just disappear so i, I had to go on i had to go on to not the dark web but i had to go to different <laughs> sources than just you know sainsbury's and tesco musclefood.com and yeah <laughs> well exactly it's, what's <laughs> funny about it is when the guy when the guy who delivers it arrives it's in a box with like dolphin fitness written all around it yeah. and it's heavy because it's yeah. a load of tubs of peanut butter and almond butter so the guy's looking at me going what, what are you doing with this? He's assuming it's weights or something. He's assuming it's like those weights you put around your ankles. I'm about to go and do some sort of some sort of run like I'm Rocky. But um, but yeah, no, it's just me ordering industrial sized tubs of peanut butter. But mm. you're right, it is a child's breakfast, and there's there's a comfort to that. But I yeah. think that's part of the reason maybe why I'm throwing in non childlike tastes like jalapenos. Right. Like sure, <laughs> I'm a kid at heart, but I've got a I've got a I've got a grown-up edge. Yeah. Yeah, so. So, um, I think you, you've just got to convince everyone that um, peanut butters... Are, um, you've got to brand it um, more towards adults that are not um, <laughs> weight gain bodybuilders. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or health nuts um a happy medium really um well i i mean i suppose that you know the thing they sometimes do with with products is play up the fact it's a kid's product and go you remember this from when you were a little kid all still right, around yeah. have it again we could do we could do that oh or, yeah you know or alternatively we just um <laughs> We just say, you know, people like stop lying to yourself that you don't like the taste of peanut butter. Obviously, there are people with nut allergies. I'm not trying to convince those people. You know, they've got their own issues going on. If if you eat a bit of peanut butter and your face swells up, then obviously this is not for you. But it's um, a great start to the day. It's you know what as well is it, it's 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 a breakfast that you get to enjoy it because you can't eat it too fast. You've got. It, 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 you know, it, you've got it. You've got to luxuriate in peanut butter. You've got to spend a bit of time with it. You can't just wolf it in your face. I'm trying to um, think of another product that tries to do that term of advertisement. Uh, what about Werther's Originals, where the granddad yeah. is? I, I used to have peanut butter on my toast, and now <laughs> I could see my grandchild having peanut butter. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's almost the reverse, isn't it? It's yeah. like now I'm gonna. Now I see a little child eating it. <laughs> I want to eat it too, rather than... <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah, you get a really old man 
to advertise <laughs> to advertise it. I mean, it's it's tricky. You want to you've got to be careful with having a really old man watching a little child eating. You know, you don't want it yeah. to get into sort of too creepy. But yeah. at the same time, you know, it's like I'm looking after my grandson. Or oh, they certainly <laughs> give me the run run around. Where do they get all their energy from? Well, it must be from delicious peanut butter. Maybe you know. Then he eats a bit of peanut butter and he hops on a skateboard and off he goes. Oh yeah. Um, I think we've um, we've uh, completed that um, topic. I feel happy. With that. <laughs> yeah. I let's go on to. <laughs> let's go on to music with a sense of humor and um i've um been uh, a follower of your comedy for quite some time now um and i've managed to see uh quite a lot of your work be it with um your shows um in edinburgh or on television your radio shows and from that i've uh deduced that you are a big lover of music um combined with your um obviously your job in comedy and it's um so it's an obvious thing that you'd kind of want to um uh combine the two really but yeah. um it whether it be you're a musician who tries to um combine comedy or a comedian that tries to combine music it's frowned upon on both sides really would you that's say true. i think that's absolutely true you know comedians who have a guitar people see it as a crutch yeah you know uh it, i mean and again in pappies when we were doing sketch comedy we had a guitar plus other people on stage plus costumes plus props yeah who were more crutch than man <laughs> Um, so there's, there's definitely that, but then also I think people, you know, people don't look at bands like, like they might be giants who I think are not a comedy band, but they're a funny mm. band. Yeah. They often look at them as a, as a bit of a joke because they'll often sing about lighthearted things mm. or, or write music that is, you know, sort of deliberately cartoony and weird. Yeah. But, um, I, I've got a lot of time for it. I, I've got, I, I like music that also makes you laugh. And I don't yeah. think it's, you know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any problem with that. Like I genuinely like, like I'm, this is a bit different because it's a, from a comedy movie, but I genuinely like the Spinal Tap album. Yeah. I think the songs on that are brilliant and they're really yeah. funny, but mm. musically they're like good uh, sort of, you know, early heavy metal songs. Yeah. Um. Where do you where do you stand on on bands like uh, on, on on they might be giants or something like that? Would you would you um, listen to them? Definitely. When I was growing up, I would listen to like a lot of pop punk. Does have kind of a yes. humour to it as well. Yes, Bloodhound Gang. I listen to. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Bloodhound yes, Gang are a good example again. Yeah. And it, like, I wouldn't say I'm not going to go out to bat for them as my favorite ever band. No, but they they wrote really funny songs, but they're also you know the Bad Touch is a banger. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been at I've been at two weddings where James Acaster has DJ'd yeah. and he's dropped the Bad Touch at both weddings, <laughs> and I think you know what a great wedding song. I think that's. Because when the Bad Touch came out, that 
was very much a mainstream hit. And so you got a lot of people um, that would not normally listen to like pop punk and rock that were being introduced to Bloodhound Gang that kind of bridged the gap between bands like Brink 182 on one side and mainstream pop on the other side. So it's, I think, I think they, it's a good way of bridging people into, into something more interesting uh, later on. You, you, the, the flip of that, though, is the band that has the novelty song that people want more of that and then <laughs> hate it when they do serious songs. And that, well, I, worked, I worked in um, the Music and Video Club in Bromley yeah. uh, the summer that the Bare Naked Ladies album Stunt came out. Yeah. It was our most returned album. Because everybody, <laughs> everybody heard one week and was like, oh, they're a funny sort of, sort of pop folk rap band. And, um, and then all the other songs are... Like, I mean, they do lots of kind of silly songs, but they're not, yeah. you know, a lot of them are just kind of college rock. You know, That happened to uh, Fountains of Wayne and all, as well, didn't it? Yeah. Stacey's mom. Any of those bands that like, when you, you know, when when the guy from Fountains of Wayne, God rest his soul, passed away, um, people were sort of going, why are people making such a fuss? It's the bloke who wrote Stacey's mom. And you go, well, they, wrote some ama- they wrote some amazing, yeah. amazing songs. You know, Radiation Vibe and... Um, uh, uh, so the song bottom the, and stuff the, like that. The it's song from really that thing song. you do. He's sung, he done that as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the uh, the Onidas, the what the one. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's. I, I find that sort of a bit. I, I guess another example would be a band like Chumbawamba. Oh yeah. Who, uh, but to be fair, all their other stuff was crap as well. <laughs> yeah, but they. But it's really funny that they're known as like a kind of you know they, their stuff gets played at like. American sports games and yeah. stuff like that, you know. Whereas they were sort of really intensely political, kind of anarchist, yeah, kind of agitprop. Again, sort of weird folk band. Um, but again, I like, I like. They might be giants. I like Bonzo Dog Doodah bands, bands that were like totally mm. silly, but like I think musically brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... Okay, let's move on to the next one. All right, let's do uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a very weak beer that's 3% or less. Yes. So <laughs> I'd like to hear what the um, the argument is for that. Well, have you ever been to a Sam Smith's pub? Oh, yeah. Love the Sam Smith's pub. <laughs> they make all their... I mean, firstly, very, very cheap. Yeah, they make they brew all their own stuff, which means everything is is cheap. So you can normally get a pint for about three quid. Yeah, um, you could also get what used to be called the man in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little the little um, whatever you call it, the, the sort of the draft thing would have a little little alpine man in yeah. uh, in a in a in a sort of glass box, um, and a pint of the man a pint of the man in the box was probably about £1.70 when I first started going to Sam Smith pubs yeah. and it was 2.8%. It was like basically beer flavored water. But what it meant was you could drink, you know, like you could drink all night. You get drunk. Of course you would because it's 2.8%, <laughs> but you wouldn't get drunk at the, you know, here's the thing about drinking. I really like it, but I want to be able to do it for ages. Right. You know, I like the idea of, you know, if I'm going out to, if I'm meeting people sort of straight after work, 
haven't had time to have dinner and meeting them in the pub. Yeah. I don't want to have four pints of like five and a half percent lager because I'm going to fall over. Okay. I think, you know, I think there's a, there's a, you can enjoy, you can enjoy drinking really weak lager. Okay. So you, you don't have the ability to pace yourself. So you need that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Pacing yourself is something of a myth. It's a bit like not acting laddie on a stag do. You pace yourself according to the rest of the people around you who are drinking. So whoever's the fastest drinker is setting the pace. (laughs) They're the pacemaker for the night. This idea of pacing yourself, you're just, if if, if rounds are happening and you want to be in on those rounds, you know, that's, that's the way that's, it's, it's, it's out of your hands. <laughs> if I was sitting on my own drinking, well, if I was sitting on my own drinking, there's another situation going on. But if it was like, if I was at home and I wanted to have a, have a beer, I'd be able to pace myself because I could drink it at my own, but I wouldn't be necking it. But it's the, it's the night that paces you. It's the, it's the other people around you. Um, but also I'm a smaller person, you know, I'm a little guy. If I'm out with the bigger boys and they want to drink five pints, I think I don't want to have to tap out after three just because I'm feeling a bit, you know, ugh. so I think there's a lot, a lot to be said for it. Also, it's quite nice to, you know, quite nice to be able to have two pints after work and then go home and not feel like your night is booze night now. You don't, feel, yeah. you don't go home and then go, right, well, I've got to keep this going. I've got to open a bottle of wine. I've got to, you know, I think there's, do you, are, are you a drinker? Do you drink? No, I don't drink. Um, <laughs> So you should be you should be absolutely on on board with this if you don't if you don't. <laughs> well, I d- you've taken I, it to the absolute you know the I, ultimate degree. I don't drink because um, I don't think it tastes nice. Right. Um, is there no booze that's t- like? And this is not me sort of trying to be evangelical. Is yeah. there no booze that you've ever tried? You go actually, I could I could see myself drinking that. Well. I, I could be drinking something that's alcoholic, but I'll be thinking at the same time, I could be drinking something non-alcoholic that would taste better than this. Yeah. It'd be cheaper. It won't be damaging to my health or sure. I won't regret it in the morning by getting a hangover. So I think I just always, I have, I have drunk in the past and I do understand why people do like getting drunk. Um, but I just think the, alternative outweighs the um the negatives of what alcohol is i think that's i think you're, you, you that's very very smart i think that's very that's very true but i i i would say getting drunk is not is not the thing i enjoy it's the it is the drinking it's the it's the feeling it's the feeling different and i'm not I'm not talking about feeling drunk i'm talking about feeling like you know two beers in or a glass of wine in that's the feeling that's that you're going for and the problem is once you've had those two beers there's no way of maintaining that feeling right so what you do is you then think well if i have another beer i feel so good after these two beers if i have another beer i feel even better but that doesn't always work out so you can't like to maintain that effect on you the only thing you can think about doing is having another beer but that would just tip you over yeah. So there's, n- we need to find a way of, when you get to that certain level, maintaining that level. So how would we be able to do that? Well, I think slowing down. You know, this is where this is where the sort of two point eight percent beer comes in. You slow yeah. it down, 
And sure, it takes you longer to get to that level, but the journey is very pleasant. Right, yeah. And, and the point of no return it's, is further away. You're on cruise control. Exactly, yes. <laughs> it's booze control. Booze control. You're on booze control. This is exactly right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that's, that's it. You're not, um, you know, I'm not drinking like I did when I was 14 or 15 to get absolutely <laughs> blotto, you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, you know, when you when you first discover drinking and you like, you know, somebody can get a bottle of Malibu and, you know, you go and drink that drink that in the Sainsbury's car park. Um, that's that's not that's not the kind of drinking that I do now. I want to have a really, you know, I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel I want to de-stress. Uh, what you talk about there is another reason why I don't drink is because because growing up in Croydon as a teenager, a lot of my friends discovered um, alcohol um, in their early teens. And a lot of my time was going to those parties and all of my friends just being absolutely smashed. Yeah. And I, I was sober, completely sober, surrounded by all these people that were acting like complete idiots and morons. And so I was confronted by like why are you turning yourself into these people yeah i i i I definitely i definitely remember that but here's the thing if you had had say your mates are completely out of their mind if you had had you know say three or four 2.8 percent (laughs) beers your tolerance for their sort of dickery would be it would be greater you you wouldn't we wouldn't turn into one of them but you'd you know it would be like in it would be like in Pinocchio. You wouldn't have gone full donkey, but you, right, would, have, yeah. you would have grown a couple of ears, maybe. <laughs> you know, a couple of ears out the top of your hat. Um, I think I, I think it's completely like like I, I I do see that. But then at the same time, now I don't. Again, when I go out for drinks with with friends, you know, when back when I was able to go out for drinks <laughs> with friends, um, I'm not. We're, we're not going out to you know sort of turn ourselves brain dead we're going out to relax and you know to maybe have the kind of conversations you wouldn't have had when uh you were completely sober yeah i i don't know i mean i I, you know of course it makes you it makes you dumber i was i I had i had a couple of cans over zoom last night with some friends and um we were talking about politics and i this is it's, it's going to sound so slight now but because i'm a, because i'm a little bit hungover today i feel um it's really bothered me all day i said um I, I said oh the tories didn't even you know the tories didn't even win by a majority in the last election what i meant was they won by a massive majority in the last <laughs> election. like like i was I'd, i was thinking back to the theresa may's last election this oh, is yeah. the kind of this is the kind of wild antics i get up to <laughs> you talk about you know the the, the schism in the left but um but I, it was just that was purely that was purely because I drank two cans of five point five percent goose as opposed to my two point eight percent, which I haven't been able to find. Because yeah. you know, I don't think Sam Smith's deliver. But anyway, it does make you dumber. You're absolutely right. It does turn you into a bit of an idiot. But that's why you want to be a bit relaxed. But you you know you you, you want to go you want to go two point eight. The thing is, is well, it's a tricky one in a round, Darren, because yeah. if you um, if everyone else is drinking normal lagers, proper mm. lagers, and you say, oh, I'll just have a pint of the 2.8s. Even if, even when you buy it at a Sam Smith's, you say, I'll have a pint of the of the um, the Alpine, please, or the man in the box. And um, they say, uh, you know that's 2.8, don't you? 
It's like, yeah, of course I do. It's a bit like, you know, saying, oh, you know, it's, you know that, that beer's alcohol-free. You don't know what a person's situation is that they need to drink alcohol-free beer. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I think you've, uh, there's a good argument there. Um, let's move on to the next one. Um, is podcasts that last, last over two hours. Yes. Wow. I've never crossed any of uh, Can you give me examples of this? I listened to a couple of podcasts, a couple of American podcasts. And uh, one is the Jimmy Pardo podcast, which is right. called Never Not Funny, which I love. And one is uh, the Dana Gould Hour. And that's the Dana Gould Hour is sometimes three hours long. And uh, it's like the, the it will be interviews with people. It'll be sort of chats with people, but it will also be little features he does. It's like yeah. a kind of magazine program about kind of uh, pop culture. He's really into like old horror movies and stuff like that. Um, but I think some people see it as like, I want a podcast that's going to last me my commute. I want a podcast that's going to last, you know, maybe it's an hour. So it's going to be like 35 minutes there, 25 minutes back, whatever, yeah. you know, maybe that's how it's going to be. Or it's going to be, I'm going to, I can get two episodes done there and back. Yeah. But I like a podcast that I go, right, this is my week. I can dip into this whenever I like. I often, you know, I'll often listen to a podcast in like, four or five minute bursts for a week you know so you're, just, so you're not listening to it in one hit no I don't I don't I very very rarely would sit down unless unless I'm doing something like today I'm assembling flat pack furniture yeah. oh my goodness a three-hour podcast <laughs> that's a delight absolute delight I think I, I think people um people will say and quite rightly that it's impossible. I mean, never not funny. He's, he's over. He's over two hours long most weeks. Comes out twice a week. Um, so they are putting out, you know, about five hours of content a week. And yes, I've fallen a bit behind on them, but it, it's such a delight when you know you've got a, like a long journey to travel. You know, that, an episode's going to last you the entirety of the long journey, or a, you know stuff to do around the house you think this is just going to be me all day it's this can be my background all day i love it how long does this podcast last for do you, you fancy running down the clock <laughs> it's uh it's usually about an hour but well listen <laughs> we'll we'll let's just let's just keep, let's just keep talking see if we can stretch it out for another another 120 minutes on top of that um what do you what, what do you listen to do you listen what's the longest podcast you listen to you must listen to some that um I, I, I can't think of any that have been two hours. Um, I mainly listen to Brett Goldstein's one. Yeah, that's um, great. Uh, I like um Poppy Hillstead's new one. Well, uh, I've not into, heard into that the yet. chat. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I like Poppy. I think it's um, really good. Uh, uh, Cunt and the Gang's got a new one. Uh, <laughs> oh, with yeah. um. It's about an eighties one. That's quite, that's good. Um, yeah, I don't. Think, I, I I listened. To, there was like an end of a year uh, list of the podcasts of the year, and I can't remember the name of this one. But they recommend this one. I think you'd really like it. It's going to be a really bad recommendation because I can't remember the name of it. But it was about um, a guy that um, was trying to find the name of a song that he remembered 
I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Reply All. It's yeah, that's it. The Story of the Hits, is that the name? Yeah, of yeah. It's an amazing episode. That is... That might have been two hours. It was a long episode. Yeah, they're, they're quite they're quite long. They're normally about an hour, I think, those those yeah. Reply Alls. They, um, they, sometimes do it in, they sometimes do it as a two-parter. Yeah. And I just think, come on, if you're doing... If you're doing a two-parter, just put your money where your mouth is. Whack out a, <laughs> whack out a two forty-five. Give us, give us a long podcast. Um, I just, I just think uh, the way that most people consume podcasts isn't the same as telly. So, no. so the length doesn't really, it sort of doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, it's also not the same as films. You well, know, people like, aren't um, watching telly like there anymore. With it all being streamed and stuff, because. People right. aren't even watching Netflix, um, um, like doc because there's so many true crime documentaries and stuff. You just do it in ten minute bursts sometimes. Yeah. Well, they, they, I think Netflix, certainly in terms of comedy, um, they commission fifteen minute long shows because that's how yeah. long people watch on average. You know, people watch, and I'm, I'm the same way. You know, if, I, if I'm working at home, I uh, and I'm going to have my lunch. I might stick on like an episode of Comedians in Cars getting coffee. Yeah. But if that's longer than about twelve minutes, sort of, I probably don't watch the whole thing all the way through. I might do it in sort of two, in two intervals. Mm. But just people, people just aren't. Although, like proper telly, I do. I mean, like you know, if I'm watching, if I'm watching a show, yeah. I try and watch it. I sit down and watch an episode, maybe yeah. watch two episodes, and that's it. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't watch a, I wouldn't watch a, a comedy or a drama show, in increments. But no. podcasts, I think, are inherently more disposable medium. Mm. You can do it. You can you can happily happily pick through it in 17, 17 <laughs> parts. Okay. Um, okay, right. Let's go on to your last choice. Yes. Oh, I, I don't know how many people are going to get this reference. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give some backstory <laughs> to it. Right. It's Frank Boff. Now Frank Boff, the reason I'm the reason I'm picking Frank Boff is he passed away this week. Yeah, poor old Frank, uh, at the age of about eighty three or eighty something like that. Anyways, he was you know he lived a life, um, and um, Frank Boff. When I was growing up as a kid, Frank Boff was always on the telly, and then um, around the time when I was probably like starting to get into comedy, he had a couple of big scandals, and became a sort of punching bag for shows like have i got news for you um he was basically he was was a sort of squeaky clean you know cuddly sports presenter and he also presented a show called nationwide and um you know he seemed like a lovely avuncular type guy and then it turned out that he had he'd been um using sex workers and like going to parties where there had been um you know sex workers and, and lots of drugs and he was getting involved in that and you know, fair enough. Obviously, at the time, it just at the time it basically destroyed his career. He had a few sort of faltering attempts to get get back on the mm. TV and did a few shows, but he wasn't on the telly in the same way he had been in the kind of you know prior to 1992. Yeah. Um, but when he passed away this week, every news like report about it was like, you know made that the the sort of feature of this of the of his, right, yeah. of his life the fact that he'd you know he'd, he'd his career had been destroyed by scandal and i thought come on he's just died give the man a break yeah you know i, I guess it's it's that 
it's also that thing that I, I think is very, you know, I think, I think it's on the out in yeah. certain circles, but the gleeful way in which we, we can destroy people. I suppose it's, you know, it's what people would now describe as kind of cancel culture, but I think that's, yeah. that's something slightly different. You I think, think it's Pete... spun, it's spun a different way nowadays. Whereas um, before, cause uh, if, when it happened to him, it was quite um, titillating to know about a, a, a man that looked like your dad was dressing up in women's clothing and seeing prostitutes. If it was to happen now, he might have spun it out of the way that he was doing this because he wasn't happy in his life and yeah. he had a like a problem that led him to do this and you'd have a more sympathetic um uh stance on it because he wasn't really doing anything deviant or no anything like that it was doing i mean he was doing going, something illegal sure or the prostitutes which is decriminalized more nowadays that's true but also the drugs as well that was well that was, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's also he was doing two things that were illegal yes but um but um at the same time i feel like if that was nowadays you know if that had happened to and it won't happen to but if it happened to dan walker <laughs> you know then you'd kind of go oh well and he'd, he'd, re he'd rebuild his career i mean richard bacon bounced back yeah. being a kids tv but I mean, obviously there was no you know there was no sex work involved but um he you know as a kids tv presenter who admitted to doing cocaine mm. and um that you know he's kind of one of britain's best regarded broadcasters now isn't he that's a he's bit of a statement isn't it? <laughs> i'd say so I, I mean go on who who's who's in the kind of bacon territory he does a as a presenter as a as a broad, as a broadcaster, like he's seen as a sort of credible, serious news journalist, I think Richard Bacon. Even though he also will pop up on, you know, House of Games, or stuff like that. I I, I just th I just think it's very you know, I just feel I feel sad for Frank Boff because you go 1992 was fucking ages ago. It was absolutely ages ago, and he died this week, 2020, end of 2020, towards the end. And you go, so he's been just living that. He's just been living that for 30 years, basically, or 25 yeah. years of just being someone who's like, well, I did this thing because it seemed like fun and I ruined everything. And you go, you shouldn't, you know, you should be able to do those sort of things and go, oh, it's all right. We're all human. <laughs> so so I, I think Frank Boff needs a, a, and I think it's sort of occasionally you'd see people on Twitter yesterday saying if Frank Boff had, if these revelations had come out today, it it would have been basically fine. And I think there's, you know, I guess people were delighted by the hypocrisy of of television. But here's the thing about television: it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> None of the things you see are real. You know, even when you're watching the news, it's been edited in a certain way. You know, the person who's reading it is reading a script. They haven't just, you know, they haven't gone out and done the work themselves. They don't, they don't want to wear that tie. It's, you know, this is that, they don't want to be as serious as they, as they are. They're probably quite fun when they're at home. You know, all of it is uh, a fabrication and a fiction. So you're, you're allowed to do whatever the hell you like when you get home. I mean, mm. obviously 
and that's why break the law. That's why uh, topless news was so forefronting. Absolutely, <laughs> this is it. Yeah, this is it. All of the old live TV formats that Janet Street Porter um, brought us. I know Janet Street Porter wasn't re- responsible for the um, the topless side of things, but um, but yeah, this is it. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I just I I, I just. I was listening to the news yesterday and thinking, poor old Frank, you know, <laughs> poor old Frank. Okay. Well, um, uh, I wish he's going to his family at this difficult Absolutely. time. It's, it's very difficult time, yeah. <laughs> um, so we've come to the end of the podcast where you've chosen a subject for me to defend that you find indefensible. Yes. And that choice is fleas. Yes. And so what do you find so indefensible about fleas? Now, I, I made sure I pluralised that so you didn't think I was talking about the basis from the Red Hot Chili Oh, Peppers, fuck. Who is, <laughs> I know that's what you would have prepped. Who is equally indefensible. Um, that's not fair. I quite like his acting. Um, I like um, his base on uh, D. Loust in the Comatorium by Mars Volta. <laughs> Oh right, I'll have to I'll have to go back and have a listen to that and reappraise it. Um, I saw the Mars Volta a few a few years ago, quite uh, a few years ago. Was it a full set of four songs that lasted t- two hours? <laughs> it was, it was bad. That's all I remember. It was really bad. They were playing at all tomorrow's parties. Oh yeah, and, yeah, I was uh, at that one. Were you? Yeah, the one created um, by them, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. Um, and it wasn't good. It really wasn't good. I think I'd also just watched the Magic Band before that, back Captain Beefhearts, oh, yeah. and that was a bit hard work as well. <laughs> but basically, I was quite, I was quite hungover um, after um, a night of Frank Boff style shenanigans the night before. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask um, the Pappies guys this. Yes, I was at an old tomorrow's parties once, and I think the Decemberists were on, and I just remember that there was a bunch of people in the crowd that came onto the stage wearing Wolverhampton Wanderers shirts. And it was just as they'd been promoted that season. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Tom Parry, but I'm not quite sure. So I don't know if he did. Tom Parry is a fan of the Decemberists. Oh, is he? Decemberists with Tom Parry. Yeah. Um, uh, We went in, what was the name of their concept album? They performed it in full. Piscaris. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, with the um, yeah, which is they. So we saw them perform that at the uh, at the coronet in the Elephant Castle. Yeah. So you know what? It and he loves the wall. You know, he, he loves, loves wolves. wolves. <laughs> loves wolves. So it wouldn't be outside of the realms of possibility. But yeah. that said, I don't remember him ever saying. Oh, by the way, <laughs> last weekend I danced on stage with Colin Malloy. <laughs> I mean, you know, he might have done. <laughs> he, might, he doesn't tell me everything occasionally okay. he'll be working on a thing and i'll go what are you working on and he'll be like, oh, this and he'll be like, he never told me you're working on that so he could be he could have been uh out on stage yeah i'll ask i mean i'll 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 ask him uh when i see him later on today and uh uh i think that was you. also this <laughs> the year that david cross got booed off stage um was that the year when he was about he introduced lita kinney yeah 
Oh, right. And I was, so, at, I was, yeah, I was at that one, but Parry wasn't there. So that, that might be your answer. I, I wanted to go up because I saw him in the pub afterwards and I was, I was a really big fan at the time, but yeah. I, I couldn't go up to him after that because what do you say? Like, oh, sorry about everyone chucking stuff at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was so upset by how badly the crowd had behaved. I, I, I left Sleazy Kinney and I love Sleazy Kinney. Yeah. I've seen him a bunch of times. But um, I was like, I can't watch the Kinney with these cunts. Because <laughs> what happened to poor old David Cross was they they basically were like, they said, oh, you can come and do comedy in between the bands. And he was like, great, I'll do that. But then they hadn't accounted for any time. Yeah. They had they'd basically been like, well, while the, the band's sound checking behind you, you can do jokes. He's like, well, I don't want to do that because they'll be sound checking behind me. So they said, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll make time before the headliner of that day, which was Sleater Kinney. But everyone had arrived at the time they thought Theta Kinney was going to arrive and he wanted to do jokes about how Moyles were, you know, sucking off kids. Um, he, Yeah, I remember him being funny, but like that was really tough. Yeah. But what, you know, what can you do? I remember as well, because we, uh, I was there with Josie Long and we'd, we'd said to Stuart Lee, you've got to see David Cross. He's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and... Um, and then we got a text from Stu afterwards going, he was shit. And you're like, no, you should, as a performer, you should know when someone's just not got the crowd in front of them, who should be the, you know. Um, I saw Fred Armisen do comedy one year at the Shellac, um, which I think was 2001. Um, right. At the Shellac. Uh, but this is pre-Saturday Night Live. I just couldn't believe it. He was absolutely brilliant. Came on and did loads of different characters uh, before Shellac would play. It was really, really funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then he he did it, and so did Neil Hamburger, which is oh, phenomenal. I saw, I saw Neil Hamburger. He got booed, but in a positive yeah, in the way, way, really. In the way that you want Neil Hamburger to get, you know, the way that he is asking you to, he's trolling <laughs> you to, to to get booed off stage. Um, but uh, how do we get onto that? Are we no, talking about, we're talking about fleas? fleas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're sort of talking about fleas. So yeah, I'll tell you why. Um, so I have a cat. Lovely oh. Cosmo. Oh, uh, yeah, Cosmo. How's he doing? Cosmo, well, firstly, please don't misgender my cat. Um, <laughs> a girl. She's doing all right. She's just under the bed at the moment. She's Because we've just moved house and there's lots of new people wandering around the house, you know, measuring up and painting things. Uh, she hides under the bed for most of the day until everyone goes home. So she's just, she's literally just under the bed. Um, but, yeah, she's good. But in our last place... Around the summertime, we let her go out in the back garden. She's an indoor cat. We let her go out in the back garden a little bit because it was nice weather. We'd go and play in the garden with her. And she brought fleas into the house. And they are... Firstly, they don't bite everybody. But they do bite animals. They do, Or they live on animals that make animals very itchy. And uh, they did bite me. They didn't bite, bite my daughter. They didn't bite my wife. But I would be covered in flea bites. And they are... They get they get everywhere. They spread everywhere. They get in all your all your furnishings. As soon as they're there, and also I don't want to be the sort of person who goes right. There's something in my house that I don't want is in there. I'm going to kill it. But there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. You have to bring in a guy, you know, with the big sort of the big or a girl on his back. Um, in this case, it was a you're absolutely right. <laughs> or a girl, or a girl. You have to bring in a human being to uh, spray all around the. Uh, the, the house you know it was only a one bedroom flat but it did mean taking all the you know taking all the the bedding off boil boil washing the bedding taking all the cushion covers off 
you know, it was just a, it was just a total, you know, f- fleas are, um, it's very hard. And, you know, I'm, we're, we're all God's creatures, but it's very hard to see the point of fleas. Mm. And they can absolutely, and also poor old Cosmo's walking around like a little flea bomb. You've got to get <laughs> get rid of the fleas off of off of her. Yeah. She'd become immune to the last flea medicine. So we had to get to take to the vet, get new flea medicine every day. I'm combing her, combing, you know, combing little eggs, which are made up of cat's blood. That's what they do. They, they bury, they, they bite, they suck out the blood. They lay their eggs in the, in the blood. They're just grim little creatures that can ruin a house. Right. But go on, Darren, I'm interested to hear this now. Tell me why you're going to defend them. I have, this is my argument. Okay. Flea bag. 2019's hot (laughs) comedy drama. It was big. (laughs) Right. The song Spanish Flea by Herb Albert, possibly the greatest song of all time. Time. Tijuana Brass. Yeah. Again, another (laughs) another band that's got a sort of real sense of humor. Yeah. Music, but very good music at the same time. Flea circuses. Well. Let me let me right. There are two types of flea circus, Darren. Oh yeah, because I I look I looked this up. One of the flea circuses was there was nothing there, right? That right. Was the yeah, sort of yeah. gag of it. There was nothing there, and they had little sort of traps that would kind of flick to make it look like a flea had jumped from one side of the stage to the other. That spoiler alert! Like, spoiler! 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 Exactly. Like <laughs> I say, it's it's a bit like television. It's not real. <laughs> okay. um, the other version of a flea circus. Now. Uh, this is rich coming from somebody who's just gassed a load of fleas in their house. But the other version of a flea circus was they would actually get real fleas, dress them up in outfits and put them on a hot plate, which they would glue to the hot plate. They'd heat the, heat the hot plate up and them struggling to get away would look like they were miming along to the instruments they'd strapped onto them and they'd play music and it would look like a flea was playing a, playing a guitar. Now that, right. How can you, how can you make a flea costume? I don't know because fleas are pretty tiny. <laughs> yeah. okay. I guess you have to just do it with um, you have to do it with one of those little um, uh, little eyeglasses you use for like checking if a checking if a diamond is good. Right. Okay. Like a super, super magnified eyeglass. So okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'll accept. Right. I'll accept flea bag. I'll accept Spanish <laughs> flea. Flea circuses. No unnecessary what, cruelty. What about if you didn't have flea circuses? Yeah. You could not have the uh, iconic scene in Jurassic Park where Richard Attenborough describes his little flea circus he has. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he dips in and out of a Scottish accent with such (laughs) such (laughs) ease. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) He's clearly a man who's travelled a lot between sort of Hampshire and Inverness because he he really doesn't he doesn't commit to it at all <laughs> and there's no need for him to have an accent either so yeah. I don't understand why he does he's not he's not playing a real person he's not playing a real <laughs> character from history no um so those are all my uh comedy defenses I suppose I should <laughs> try and do a real one yeah, give us give us a real defense I mean I, right. yeah, they're very they're very compelling I'm not gonna lie to you that <laughs> but, really... um would flea bag I... have been as much of a success had it been called bag <laughs> mm. no I don't think so I don't think people would I don't think Phoebe Waller-Bridge <laughs> would be you know the 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 doyen of the written word 
Okay. If she just called her show bag. We need to think about the ecosystem. And mm. at the moment, there's no argument that if we got rid of fleas, that it would affect the ecosystem because there's nothing that really <laughs> lives off them and they don't... Uh, well, they don't pollinate. They don't serve a purpose. They don't pollinate or anything or yeah. anything like that. However, there is still, in theory, a lot of species that we've not yet discovered that could be dependent on fleas. Yeah. So there could be, for instance, dinosaurs that we haven't yes. discovered that live just off fleas. You know, or, that's actually a very good point. There could be fleas that have dinosaur DNA in them and that we can Jurassic Park them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like if you found a, a fossilized, you know, a set in amber flea egg or even a flea with the, you know, with its abdomen all full of, full of blood, yep. we could, you know, and then we'd all be speaking with half Scottish, half English <laughs> If there were creatures that, you know, this would be the dream because we had mice in our flat. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can see why we moved out. Um, but we had mice in our flat. Yeah. Um, and Cosmo got rid of them. That really? felt like the, re the right, you know, Cosmo, um, she, she killed a couple. Word got around. There was a bruiser <laughs> in the house. And no more mice came and bothered us. And it could, you know... After a week, they just went away. We found a couple of dead mice on the uh, uh, on the carpet, you know, and that was it. They yeah. were gone. They never never showed up again. So if there had been like, if there was a little sort of miniature dinosaur, like a little lizard that could eat fleas, and they said, look, just have that in your house for a couple of weeks. It'll eat all the fleas, and you won't have to gas all your furniture. Yes. Great. Great. But the until the humane. scientists have discovered, yeah, yeah, exactly more human. But until the scientists have discovered that little <laughs> proto dinosaur that lives entirely on fleas, I'm afraid I'm still going to have to get my guy mm. or my girl to come and gas the carpets. <laughs> right. It's a good hypothesis. It's very, yeah. it's very compelling. So, well, well, that's something for us to discover. That that's the optimism I'm going through forward today. That. Life might look a, a bit down at the moment, but we have optimism yeah. that we'll find this mystical pint-sized dinosaur that can um, make well, our lives what, a bit better. This is what they've, you know, this is what happened when the when the first lockdown happened and all the planes stopped flying and everything. And they said like, nature's rebuilding itself. Nature's finding a way. <laughs> maybe if we, you know, maybe if if I'm hoping we don't, but maybe if we go into another lockdown. You know, maybe it's the situation that's happening in Wales at the moment. They're in a very uh, severe lockdown. Like the maybe... foxes came out before because there was no yeah. one on the streets. These exactly. dinosaurs are going to appear. The Welsh dragons that only eat fleas <laughs> are going to emerge. They've been lying dormant like Sporg under the ground for many, many years. Now they're going to they're no longer hear the rumbling of the trains and think, right, now is my time. Off I go. Going to eat as many fleas as I can get my hands on. Right, I like it. You know what? It's 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 actually given me a much more rosy uh, disposition, a much more sunny outlook on the way this lockdown could go. I Definitely. feel great after that. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, look, I can't wait to put this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a public service now. Yeah, yeah. It's not, just a, it's not just a silly interview podcast. It's, you're now doing you're now <laughs> doing God's work. 
it's yeah well there's it's a lot of um uh pressure for the next podcast to come up with another of life solutions so i suppose i know you've <laughs> made it really made a rod for your own back there but i, I believe you've got it in you if anyone can thanks. do it it's you oh thanks All right okay well thank you matt this has been very helpful for not just me uh but for whole whole of humanity um <laughs> <laughs> less for fleas but as we said they're, they're still getting they're still getting eaten but at least they've yeah. been helpful yeah okay um do you want to plug anything uh, uh, at the end of this yeah why not um so i have um obviously I have my, my radio x show on yep. uh sunday mornings i say obviously like everyone's gonna know no <laughs> people might not know i do a show on radio x with ed gamble the very funny and talented comedian ed gamble um that's 8 a.m till 11 a.m but you can get a podcast of that if that is a bit too rich for your blood in terms of getting up in the mornings on a sunday how long is that so podcast the, uh you know what i'll I, I tell you what I'll, let's 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 go and have a look at how long the last one ran to um you can always listen to two back to back if it's not quite long <laughs> enough for you but we do a three-hour radio show yes we edit which we edit down so this will be an indication of okay there we go last last episode Come on, let's, I don't want to. I don't want to play it. I just want to have a look at it. Ah, it's an hour and twenty-three. That's pretty. Mm. You know what? An hour and twenty-three out of a three-hour radio show. That's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Considering it's a music station as well, and it's got adverts on it. And all the so, all the gold that's on there anyway. That's a lot. Lot yeah. to edit. <laughs> pretty pretty happy with that. Yeah. Really good. Um, what's what's yeah, the late? What's the big tunes at the moment playing on the radio? What are we? What are we playing? Um, we're playing an artist called Biba Doobie. Do you know Biba Doobie? Oh yeah, yeah. It sounds a lot like Ray uh, Radio Kylie a bit. It? Yeah, it's a bit like Radio Kylie actually. Yeah. Um, so we're playing a bit of Biba Doobie. Um, we're obviously always enthralled to whatever the Killers have come out with uh, <laughs> most recently. So they've got they've got their um, imploding the Mirage uh, album. So stuff off of that, and then all of your you know all of your classics. You, you know your Oasis. Your Happy Mondays, your Smiths, all the big Manchester bands, your Stone Roses, we play a lot of that, New Order. Oh. Are you Joy keeping Division. up to date with the uh, latest Ian Brown tweets? Oh, what? He never puts a foot wrong, does he? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, it is quite mad, isn't it? The, um, it's funny as well, the people who have become the, like Right Said Fred as well. It's funny that they're the kind of crusaders for sort of, sensible discourse around lockdown measures they're kind of like we you know we, we need to look at it needs to be e e economy versus health like what i just find it really baffling that that's the it's you know that's the hill they they're they're gonna die on um the, the thing with the thing with all of that is i i appreciate it you know people who perform live like right i said fred obviously do you've had a, lot, a big part of your livelihood taken away they're not doing yeah. They're not doing festivals anymore, but um, I don't think uh, herd immunity is the answer. <laughs> but yeah, know. so anyway, that's the that's that's the podcast, and also the Pappy's podcast as well. Yeah, uh, Pappy's Flatshare. Um, it's three different shows. It's uh, Pappy's Flatshare Slam Down, which is uh, a live panel show with uh, brilliant guests. We've been doing them over Zoom recently, but there's loads of ones we've done in front of a live audience. Mm. There is. Um, Beef Brothers Cold Cuts. It's all on the same feed. That's us solving people's uh, flat share problems with their flatmates. Mm -hmm. And there's House Meeting, which is just us having a chat. And um, 
yeah, they're all they're all good fun, and uh, you can get them from Pappy's Flat Share if you search for that wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and uh, have a listen and enjoy it. Wicked. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I think that's... Aaron, thanks so much. It was really fun. Oh yeah, I hope so. Um, I think that's it, really. I, Great. I never know how to sign these off. Um, so I just uh, say goodbye and good bless. <laughs> Perfect. Goodbye and good bless. And let's hear it. Defenders of the universe, it's Darren Maskell and a guest. Defenders of the universe, who knows what they're going to defend next. That's 12 seconds.